latest i guess i should say latest episode of the third line grinders podcast i am your host nick jundro and i am joined as always by cameron pierce cam how you doing you know that's two weeks in a row without the british accent and i'm starting to get nervous am i ever going to hear it again nick i guess you just have to wait and see oh man what a tease for me and the audience let's keep it rolling here (laughs) (laughs) and we also would like to welcome back because she doesn't have to quote unquote work tonight uh sonic viradian what's going on hello guys good to be back is it though or it would is. you rather be at a bruins game there's no bruins game tonight so i'm good <laughs> and that wasn't would the you question. rather be would you rather be there or be recording with us no i'd love to be with you guys come on now that sounds like a kiss ass remark if i ever heard one <laughs> no it's not <laughs> anyway we have a lot to get to uh the playoffs are pretty much almost set where you're just waiting on the uh west division to finish up well they have a couple games left but obviously the scotia north they have a lot of team or well the vancouver canucks have a good amount of games left in their regular season but the Scotia North matchups are all set. Discover Central is all set. The Mass Mutual East is all set. So we have a lot to get to there. Uh, we also had some crazy fire, a firing frenzy going on in the NHL too. Three, uh, three bench bosses have been let go already. Uh, the Seattle Kraken made their first move. And then we just want to touch on Connor McJesus McDavid and his unbelievable season so far. And a few other notes uh, across across the NHL between our teams and other teams around the league. So, guys, where do we start? I mean, we might as well just start right at home with the East Division and what's going on there because we found out, what was that, Monday night? Once the Bruins beat the Islanders, and, and well, once they sent them to overtime, um, it was set. It was said that Pittsburgh was going to take on the Islanders in the first round and the Bruins and the Capitals. Well, I guess I should say the Capitals and the Bruins are going to face each other because the Capitals do have that home ice advantage. So it goes Pittsburgh 1, Washington 2, Boston 3, and New York Islanders at 4. Cam, what are you looking forward to most in this series? Well, if I can be honest, I'm not looking forward to much at all. I've been over this enough, so I'm not going to drown anybody in my own misery more than I already have when it comes to these two teams playing each other. But the one thing that I am definitively looking forward to is the end of the series because it will, it's going to be a truly telling moment for the Bruins season as a whole, going back to before the season started when they traded Zdeno Chara or not traded, uh, let Zdeno Chara leave the Boston Bruins as a free agent and sign with the Washington Capitals. I mean, no matter which way this ends, it's going to be like a weird storybook ending sort of thing, you know, depending on who the victor is, it's either Boston didn't need the old man anymore and they've proved the naysayers wrong, or maybe they did need the old man still. And Washington went on and, and took him to, you know, hopefully farther down the line than the second round. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's going to be one hell of a series. I will tell you that much. I mean, Sonic, got, what do you think? Yeah, you've got like four really solid teams now in in this division. So it's like 
I don't know. I'm looking forward to the Caps game on Saturday, but honestly, like I kind of wish that we were playing somebody else besides the Caps first round. I think, Cam, you were on the same boat with that from last week, if I remember. Yeah, probably for different reasoning than most people would say uh, when it comes to who they would have rather seen Boston play. But uh, yeah, I'm in that boat as well. Um, yeah, but I mean, overall, I'm like, I'm very excited about it. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of more looking forward to like the Penguins versus us. So we'll see. Yeah, I kind of disagree with you there because I feel like Pittsburgh turned it on so much during the back end of the regular season that they're just rolling. And Tristan Jerry. Yeah, that's why I'm curious to see how it's going to play out between us and Pittsburgh. Well, the Bruins aren't even playing Pittsburgh. We're playing Washington. We got to get through Washington first. No, I know, but I'm saying if it ever comes to that, that's what I'm looking forward oh. to. Oh, yeah. So you're already looking past the first round series? Yeah, hell yeah, you have that to. That is a bold <laughs> fucking goodness. thing to do, given Jesus, the history right, so, of these teams. So we already, ha- we already have the prediction from Sonic Viridian that the Bruins are going to win. So what? in how many games are the Bruins going to win the series? In? I don't know. I'm not predicting anything else anymore. <laughs> well, no. No, like, that's part of the game. How am I supposed to have no. a bad picks compilation after the Stanley <laughs> Cup final? <laughs> well, don't you want Boston to advance? That's what I'm aiming for. Well, yeah, but do you truly feel in your gut that they're going to be Washington? I, no. Huh? I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that they do, but I well, don't know. To me, it sounds like you do because they're already playing Pittsburgh in the second round. In, in my in my head, they are. Yes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I guess what I'm looking forward to the most is not only the whole Sedano Char aspect, Cam, because you are very right that if this comes back to bite Don Sweeney in the butt, because you because the Bruins either suffer some sort of injury on the back end and you're exposed again on the back end. Um, and you could have brought back Zidane Char for cheap money and guaranteed him that he would play a full season with full-time, full-time role. Um, <clears throat> and you decide to move on from him and he gets to move on to the second round instead of the Bruins. That's going to, that's a, that's a tough bite or a tough bite to swallow for Don Sweeney, I think. Um, but what I look for, what I look at the the most is now the Bruins have two lines that can score as of right now, and Washington has probably two and a half, maybe even three lines that can score. So I think what it comes down to is the goaltending in this series, and I think that you know, with us talking throughout the whole season, I I think that you would agree with me, Cam, that you would give Boston the upper hand in the goaltending in the goaltending category because. Let's be honest, Vitek Vanacek has not played in a in a playoff series, right? And no, neither, he has and, not. He had not played an NHL game going into the season. I agree with you. This is uh, the, uh, or I'm sorry, the one definitive area that I give the Bruins, no matter what, is goaltending. And Vitek Vanacek, like you said, never played in a playoff series. This is his first time doing it. He, I think, ranks 42nd in the league amongst qualifying players in save percentage. Like, And I've liked Vanacek this year, given the situation he was put in. I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy. Um, but I, I have to give that edge to Boston. It's just not even a debate. Yeah. And, and Elias Samsonov, I don't even know. Did he ever get any playoff time uh, behind Braden Holpe? Not that I can think of. I, I don't think so. No, 
No, he didn't. Okay. I'm on his hockey reference yeah. now. He never did. So, so right there, I give advantage Boston, but who knows what's, what's going to happen with Tuka Rask? <laughs> like, there's always Tuka, that question mark. There's always that question. So it's like... Also, like, I don't know if, who's our backup. Swayman. It's going to be Swayman. Oh, thank God. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before we get to Swayman, I mean, yeah, with Tuka Rask, you're always going to have that question mark. Is... is yeah. Is he going to show up and play like he does for the regular se- during the regular season for the most of the regular season? And he even he came out that uh, quote with the press last week saying like that he's still kind of feeling like eh, yeah I f- yeah I feel fine I feel okay like well do you feel okay or do you feel a hundred percent like ready to go try and win a Stanley Cup because if Rask you know, as everybody likes to say around here, poops his pants, whether it be figuratively or literally, <laughs> and gets gets replaced by Swayman. You might at that point you might as well just hang him up, even if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup and and Rask and if Rask isn't your starter, is he's not the one winning the Stanley Cup? It's Jeremy Swayman. I mean, it would be a hell of a story, obviously. And oh yeah, no matter what, I would I would still be thrilled. But if you're Tuka Rask and you shit your pants and you can't finish these playoffs, I mean, it should be your last year. It's a sad. It'd be a sad way to end the career. But then again, most Boston fans would say, well, not really that surprised either. So I think what this what this series comes down to though is is goaltending and and for the Bruins is keeping your head up when Tom Wilson is on the ice because Tom Wilson is going to be headhunting I think left and right and looking to shake somebody up or knock somebody out Kill and somebody. and that will give Washington a bigger advantage. Yes, Cam. Well, to bounce off of that because I think that this is going to be one of the biggest defining moments or aspects of this series is. Yeah, we'll see Tom Wilson do that, and we'll see the Capitals play their big, bad physical hockey like they always do. But the the way the Bruins respond to that is going to be crucial. The Bruins being one of the most penalized teams in the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. going up against one of the most lethal power play teams uh, the game has seen in the last few years. And I'm speaking collectively in the last few years for the Capitals. So if the Bruins can stay out of the box, I give them a legitimate chance to, to make this series at least go seven games, if not win it. So... Yeah, just to bounce off of that, Nick, they they need to be composed. And when they find themselves in those situations where a Tom Wilson is instigating or, you know, whatever is happening, they need to stay composed and not retaliate and, and get sent to the box. Yeah, I mean, staying out of the box is going to be huge. Like you said, this Bruins team, <laughs> I've never seen a, a Bruins team so undisciplined. It seems, it seems like every year for the last 10 years, they're one of the most disciplined teams in the league, and which is why other teams take penalties against them, which is why their power play has been one of the top units over the last handful of seasons too. But their power play has gone so hot and hot and cold this year. It's tough to, it's tough to say that you can even rely on your specialty team on your specialty teams uh, in this series, because, because like you just said, if the Bruins are retaliating to stupid shit that Tom Wilson's doing or Lars Eller's doing or, you know, Brendan Dillon or anybody else, well, you're not going to win. And or and if you do, then you're going to make it super hard for yourself to to even stay in it. So, and I I also think too, like, with Char being on the other side there, 
having been with the team for the last 15 years or however long it was, you know the tendencies that Zdeno Chara has. You've watched other teams come down, go wide on Chara, or try and put the puck through his legs and go around him because you know he's not fast, you know he's slow, you know that, yeah, he's got a long stick and can knock the puck away from you, but if you get going on a two-on-one, guess what? It's almost a guarantee. It's it's a... It's not almost a guaranteed goal, but it's a guaranteed good chance that you're going to score right there. It's a, it's a, it's a, I forget the fucking stupid terminology right now. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> it Basically, it's a high, it, oh, it's a high-end scoring chance is basically what I'm trying to get at. So I want to see if the Bruins are actually going to use that to their advantage. And the advantage that Chara has is that he knows every single player other than freaking fat-faced Nick Ritchie uh, and, their, and, and Taylor, and Taylor Hall. Hall and all them, yeah. He knows all their tendencies too. So how does he use that to his advantage? And what does he, what does he tell the, you know, the coaching staff and the other players in the locker room in Washington? Hey, watch for this, watch for that. Like seven out of 10 times, you know, Poss is going to do this and Marshawn's going to do that and Bergeron's going to do this and, so it, it's it's going to be a big mind battle, I think, too, uh, along with the physical battle on the ice. It's some sort of element of surprise if, you know, both teams kind of know each other's moves at this point. You need something that's different for well, both Well, you could say ends. the same thing about just about every single series in the playoffs because all of these teams have been playing against each other exclusively for the entire season, so... Right, right. But what I'm saying is that Shara holds that advantage because because he played for the Bruins for all that time. Right. Yeah, for so long. But, Cam, give me a prediction. I have to go with the Capitals in seven games. And the only re- oh, the defining reason is the physicality and the Bruins' lack of discipline. Those are the two factors that I have to just throw in there to say the Capitals. Look at historically, especially in the last 10 years or so, Typically, the more physical team ends up winning, especially if the series goes long. Case in point, the 2019 Stanley Cup final with the Bruins in St. Louis. Washington's a bigger, more physical team. And if I'm a Boston fan exclusively or anything of that sort, I have to look at that and be a little bit wary of it at the very least. So those two things, I have to give the Capitals a slight advantage. That being said, I would not be surprised if they lost the series, but that's just what my gut tells me. Sonig? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is tough I really, for everybody. <laughs> I really want Boston to advance, obviously, but I kind of, I'm going to say it's six. Bruins and six? Yeah. I really want that, but I mean, I agree with Cam, though. Caps are a lot stronger as a team. I, sh- I hate to agree with that, but yeah, I'm going to say six. Okay, Bruins and six. So I look at the regular season, I say, all right, good for you, Boston. You won the season series. It's a totally different element when it gets to the playoffs. And Cam, like you said, if if Washington is playing that strong physical side, most likely, more often than not, the Bruins are going to get blown out of the building and they could lose like like we saw that one game, 8-1 to one or whatever. But I feel better about the Bruins goaltending. I feel better about having two lines going. And I feel that that Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak line 
has played really well against Washington this year. And I think that's a huge factor if they can, A, of course, stay healthy, but B, bring their legs and get something going. It's it's a huge advantage for Boston. But my gut says Caps and six. I don't want that, obviously. But I my that's what my gut says. It says Caps and six. And it's... And then once that happens, then we can get to all the offseason stuff and let's <laughs> let's see how Tuka Rass looks, but Yeah, like let's just make it through Saturday. <laughs> I like how none of us seem happy at all with this. Cause I mean, clearly you guys aren't are totally confident in the Bruins in this series. At least I am the- I am more confident in the Bruins in this series this year than I was in previous years when they've played the Capitals in the first round. And I think you should be. I think you should be more confident than than those previous years. I think the like they're more experienced. Charlie McAvoy has taken a step this year. You know, you have Carlo who's healthy now, finally, but I'm sure he'll get hurt. Obviously, Kevin Miller plays a factor into it, but I'm not fully relying on him, and I'm so glad I don't have to listen. Wait, yeah, no, I, I don't think I have to listen to Jack Edwards suck him off for... 60 fucking minutes straight. And I think that Rask, Rask for the most part this year, other up until the back injury, has looked really solid. And you have a solid backup. So it's just a matter of can you expose Vitek Vanacek? And, but the only way to do that is to get through the, the Capitals' deep pair. And the Capitals' deep pairing, I think, are a little bit better than the Bruins'. So let's they both have their pros and cons. I would say yeah. it's ru- it's roughly pretty even, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to the uh the other matchup in the Mass Mutual East. You have the number one team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who like I said, really turned it on this uh this past year and Crosby, especially with Malkin being out from for a big chunk of that time, put the team on his back along with many other players. And Jeff Carter has looked unreal since he came over to Pittsburgh too. The Islanders, they were riding at an all-time high, I think. I want to say about a, two th- a third to almost more than half of the year. And then all of a sudden they just kind of hit a skid. I mean, they're not a team that scores a lot of goals, so... They really rely on their team defense and their goaltending, which Varlamov has looked really, really good and really, really solid. So who do you guys like in this one? Well, it's it is tough because you mentioned um they don't Islanders don't score a lot, but they've got solid defense. We've watched it all year. They know how to shut teams down. And a lot of people call their style of hockey boring. I honestly really enjoy watching the Islanders play because of how methodical they are. Uh, and maybe that's from years of watching Barry Trotz's teams as well. I don't know. But, uh, and then you match that up against a team like Pittsburgh who can pretty much score at will when they're healthy. It, it's, it, it's a toss up. I mean, honestly, I think that this series is a toss up because I'm a firm believer in defense wins games and, and man, it, I don't know. I don't know. Come back to me. Come back to me. I need to think like another minute on this. Sonic, what do you got? Oh, I I honestly would like to see the Islanders advance. Agreed. Um, But again, it's a huge toss-up because Pittsburgh is a strong team when they're good. And 
I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm hoping for Islanders. That's who I want to advance. So Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has that center position depth that most championship teams have. Yep. Uh, and I think that goes a long way. But when I look at in between the pipes, it's like Farlama Verjari. I think I'm I'm pulling for I would take Farlama up there just because of his experience and how poised he is. And I mean, look at his goals against this year and everything like that, along with the team defense. So I think this is going to be a fun series to watch uh, oh, yeah. just because I think these two teams, I mean, and like we said two weeks ago, almost no matter what the matchups were going to be, it would be a toss up in every single series. Um, so, but at the end of the day, I think that Pittsburgh is just too talented to lose to the Islanders. And I think with the Islanders not having uh, Anders Lee there really hurts them uh, and hurts their chances. But I think Barzal pops off in the playoffs because he's that he's that good and that talented, and I like that Wallstrom kid too. And but I just think that Pittsburgh just down the middle, that's where they win games. And you have Crosby, and I believe Malkin is going to be back too. And Latang's had a better year this year, and Jake Gensel. And, and to me, I I think these two teams beat up on each other. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to be uh, Pittsburgh and six. You stole my pick from me, Nick. <laughs> and despite that, I'm also going to say Pittsburgh and six They were six and two against the Islanders in the regular season. So clearly they can break down that tight defense. And uh, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. I definitely give goaltending uh, to the Islanders and the center position, the offensive depth of Pittsburgh. Yeah. I got to go with Pittsburgh and six. Oh, so much pressure. <laughs> I don't Come know. On. Come on. Like I said, I want Islanders, but I think it's going to be Pittsburgh. In how many games? I don't want to cop you guys and say six, so maybe I'll just say five. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> See, that go. wasn't so hard. Well, listen, I know, but I'm like, please, Islanders, please. <laughs> listen, th- this goes back like two years, but the last time that we all picked a team to win a series, me, Nick, and Ethan all picked Washington to beat Carolina and Carolina beat Washington in seven games. So maybe <laughs> See, just we all maybe, could be wrong. <laughs> maybe the Islanders will pull an upset here. I'm hoping I really... for it personally because I like that team a lot. But anyway. Yes. I agree. And I love my all boy, right. Barry Trotz. Of course you do. <laughs> of course. He's a very good coach. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Central. We have the Carolina Hurricanes who finished in the number one seed. Um <laughs> Uh, in that division, at least. Uh, unreal year, 36-12 and eight for, for 80 points. A 7-14 win percentage, was a, or point percentage, which is great. Um, they were 23-5 and five at home this year. And 5-2-3 and three in their last time. They ended on a two-game losing streak, but wasn't good. I mean, it was good enough still to stand for first in the, if you want to call it, the Eastern Conference. Um... And they take on Nashville, who had to battle to get to where to get to a playoff spot and hold that playoff spot. So, you know, unfortunately, Dallas came up a little short, which I wasn't really fully surprised about because of going all the way to the cup last year in the bubble and just Sagan being out and a lot of injuries and shit like that. Um, 
at the end of the day, though, Carolina is a fun team to watch, and they have talent up and down their whole roster. Rod Brindamore is an unreal coach. Yep. I think that if if the Hurricanes wanted to, they could give him a job for life there, and he might take it. So uh, I'm going to go Hurricanes in five. I agree. I, yeah. They're just they're too deep. Sebastian Ajo, Trocheck, uh, Andrei Sveshnikov. If they stay healthy in this series, 1,000% I give it to Carolina. I think that the one place where uh, uh, Nashville has an edge is probably goaltending. Saros has been unreal this year. Uh, and this is, I'll say this, and there's another series I'm going to say this about too. The longer Nashville can make this series go, the better chance that they have. Now that sounds really kind of like a rinky statement that anybody could say about any series. But I think that the the longer that they're able to get the series to go, the more time they let themselves settle in and kind of learn how to play against this, this Carolina team, that's the best chance they're going to have. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get that chance as, as I agree. I think it's going to be Carolina in five games. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, that's my prediction too. Carolina Jesus, and five. Suck. <laughs> I know. I, that's what I was gonna say first, but Nick, you said it. So there's so there's not enough disagreeing on this show. <laughs> Where's Ethan? <laughs> well, speaking of Ethan, I wish we could throw it to him right now. Oh, we should have we we should have got his prediction before the before the show. But Florida and Tampa, which I think, aside from one other series which is from the north division i think this is going to be the best first round matchup you're going to get these two teams fucking hate each other oh my god so badly <laughs> and it is uh, it is awesome i mean did you see i forget who it was on florida but he kept chirping pat maroon calling him fat pat fat pat and then maroon just fucking lost it on him i it think that's when maroon got a one game suspension I was going to ask, was that, that was from that game? I believe <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these two, these two teams have scrapped each other. Like, I don't know how many times, obviously off the top of my head, but a, a handful of times in their last like three matchups they've had against each other. So I think this is just going to be a fucking bloodbath, which, be which fun is something that we always want to see in the playoffs. Um, and obviously that in-state rival too. Uh, Florida, the surprise team of, of, of the year for me for sure and cam did you end up predicting that at the start of our year at the start of the year i forget my surprise team i wasn't surprised at all with how florida has been this year my surprise team was minnesota oh, okay which we will we will get to them in a little oh, bit yeah, even though, um florida they finished 37 14 and 5 for 79 points just one point behind carolina for the top spot uh Let's see, a plus 36 goal differential, 25 and 3 at home, 17, 9 and 2 on the road. They're, they were 8, 2 and 0 oh in their last 10, and they ended the season on a six game winning streak. So obviously, they didn't want Tampa to catch them whatsoever. They want to have that home ice advantage. Uh, Tampa finished th 36, 17 and 3, good for 75 points, plus 34 goals against, 21, 7 and 0 oh at home, 6, 3 and 1 in their last 10. They ended the season on a three game losing streak. Ethan, just kidding. You're not here. So, Sonic, uh, uh, let's let's start with you. Who do you have in this series? I have Florida Panthers for six. I, yeah, I'm I'm rooting all for Florida Panthers. Sorry, Ethan. I know you love Tampa Bay, but uh, I'm all for Panthers. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> He's gonna be so pissed. <laughs> 
I bet he really won't even care because he'll just no. go, nope, Tampa's going to win. Tampa's going to win. Yep. Tampa's going to win it all. <laughs> Cam, who do you got? Now, if I'm not mistaken, Stamkos and Kucherov will be ready to go for this series for Tampa Bay. I don't know how ready they'll be to activate to be in playoff form getting back into the lineup it's always a kind of a question mark but we saw steven stamkos come back in the stanley cup final last year after significant time off and turn it right on if he can do that again and if kucherov does that again i'm predicting tampa bay takes this series in seven games if they don't turn it on however i know i'm not allowed to make two predictions i'm just saying i am picking tampa bay in seven but if they don't turn it on definitely florida in six or seven but my pick is officially tampa bay I don't think Nikita Kucherov can just take cannot could get injured last year, not play all of this year, and then just hop into a playoff series, one that is this tough and this rugged between these two teams, and just expect to like step in and just be a producer. Um, to me, I think that <clears throat> we all know that. Look, we all know the talent that Tampa Bay has. It's it's off the charts, up and down their lineup, forwards, defense, goaltending, they have it all. But they weren't really able to ever put it fully together this year. And I think what, you, what you're seeing in Florida is something special and something that this team is riding high off of with Keith Yandel leading the way and, Bark and Barkov and Jonathan Huberdeau. They're getting pretty good goaltending. You know, they have guys that can that stick up for each other. They love each other. And to me, I I think I think Florida knocks them off, and I think it's going to be in an epic seven-game series, um, crazy fashion. And, yeah, I got Florida in seven. I, I picked Tampa Bay, but I would love to see Florida go through. And we all know my feelings on that organization and its fan base. But I think it would just be the whole the series as a whole is a great story for the National Hockey League to finally have these two teams be in a position to be good and go at each other like this. It's going to be fun as hell. And and honestly, this among one other series in the North, I think I know which series you're talking about, Nick, uh, are the two series that I will be watching the most of without a doubt. So you got to take into consideration, too, because both teams are in Florida. There's going to be so many more fans here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because Florida, Florida doesn't give a shit, so... I bet you their stadium's going to be packed. Oh, and it's, packed. <laughs> you know what? Hopefully, hopefully the fans are fighting each other too, just because. No one gives they, a they, shit. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't even, they don't even know what hockey is. They're, they're like, wait, wait, when's the NASCAR race starting? <laughs> don't the Zambonis race each other during intermission? What is an intermission? Here you went like way south. <laughs> there are some people down there, man. I'm telling you, down there in Florida, they're all over the place. And some of them sound like that. That's true. I, I love cardboard pizza. <laughs> beer. Beer is my favorite. All right, I'm done. I will say for Tampa Bay's sake, before we get too far away from this, I really do hope for their sake that uh, Victor Hedman turns it on a little bit because he has has been slumping a little bit in these last few weeks. I think that he could be a key key component to this series as well, as always being arguably the best defenseman in the league. But anyway. Dope. I think it's going to come down to how does Vasilevsky play? Very true as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, what, he won the Vezina last year and, oh no, Hellebuck did. But, I mean, for the last handful of years, Vasilevsky has been a Vezina, Vezina candidate and this year it just... 
I don't know what it is. It's like, I, I don't know if it's the team just breaking down in front of them or what. Because I, to be honest, obviously I haven't watched a whole lot of Lightning games, but, or of Panthers games for that matter, but still, I digress. Let's move on to the North, which is uh, the other division that is set to go. And yes, Cam, I think if you're thinking what I'm thinking, that Toronto versus Montreal series is going to be fucking sick. I finally have these two teams squaring off for the first time since... Ah, Cam, you don't happen to have the date in front of you? No, I don't. I believe it's the 80s that was the last time that these two teams played against each other in the playoffs. Uh, obviously on paper, just looking at it, Toronto, much more skilled with a whole lot more talent and I would say more structure at that point too. Um, but Montreal has been a scrappy team and they've, they fought into the playoffs for a reason. And I think they looked at last year being able to just get thrown into the bubble was like, all right, well, we know we can kind of do something here, but um you know they fired sorry sorry it's 1979 1979 thank you um you know they fired Claude Giroux and then they kind of go up and down up and down but Calgary was so bad Ottawa and Vancouver obviously were so bad that you know four teams make it in the in the divisions this year so Montreal's it and if anybody can can knock out Toronto I think it could be Montreal just based off of pure hatred and guts and glory but that's not my prediction I'll uh, I'll lead off and I'll say uh, Toronto wins it in six. I'm going to agree. I'm going to say Toronto wins it in a bloodbath of a seven-game series. That being said, my prediction, does, or what I'm about to say doesn't change my prediction, would not be surprised if Montreal did end up winning this series because they might not be as skilled uh, as Toronto, they might not have as many notable players, but God damn it, if that team isn't a deep-ass team when they are healthy. I mean, you can just look at the the big names off the top. You have like Toffoli, Suzuki, Tatar, Philip Deneau has been fantastic this year. And then you look at the back end. Jeff Petrie has been an underrated mm-hmm. star for them this year. Stud, stud, yeah, absolute, absolute stud, stud this year. Shea Weber, uh, Joel Edmondson, I, I've... You know, haven't watched a lot of the Scotia North games, but I know that he's played very well for Montreal this year. Ben Chirot, very well as well. Chirot's a very good defenseman too. Yeah. I just don't want anybody to sleep on this Montreal team. I think Don't forget about Cole Caulfield too. Oh, of course, yeah. He stepped right in as a rookie and is... I think they're starting to call him Goal Caulfield instead of Cole, uh, Cole. Cole, Cole Caulfield, right? <laughs> yes, Cole Caulfield. Uh, but it's like C-A-U-L. I don't know. Throws he, me off. He was very, very fun to watch in the juniors. I can tell you that much. I, oh, yeah. I, I was very I was very excited to see him make his debut. And he, If you ask me, he's lived up to it so far. He's been very good. And if Montreal gets Carey Price back and Carey Price can get to Carey Price form, it, don't sleep on Montreal. I think Toronto fans should be fucking terrified because how many years has it been since they've won a first-round series? Too many. I don't remember the number off the top of my head. I heard it earlier, and I can't remember now. But it's been too many years. They know that better than anybody. And if there's any team they should be scared of in the first round, I think it's this Montreal team. But I do pick Toronto in a bloodbath of a seven-game series. Yeah, because they can't play Boston in the first round, so they better be scared of Montreal. How amazing would it be if Montreal stepped up to the plate for Boston and took them out? 
Oh my god! And then somehow both teams get to the their respective con- conference finals if they play each other. Oh, be unreal. But I'm getting way too far ahead. Sonic. <laughs> Uh, I'm with you, Cam. I say Toronto in seven, but I really do want Montreal to advance as much as I like the Maple Leafs. I know you guys hate Maple Leafs, um, but I hate the Canadians too. Well, yeah, but I, I definitely want um, Montreal to advance, but Toronto in seven. I'll say like I, you know, could jump on the bandwagon to say I want Toronto to get knocked out because they have sucked for so long and the Bruins are always the team that takes them out in the first round. I want Montreal to to go on because I think the league is more fun when Montreal is good. I agree. I think a lot of talking heads around the league would also say the league is more fun when Toronto's alive too because it's the cap it's isn't it the nation capital of Canada? Toronto. It's not the capital city of canada no that would be ottawa yeah oh right but well whatever it's like the hockey hub of of yeah, canada yeah everyone and, thinks of it as toronto yeah yeah and toronto is i mean the toronto fans have just been deprived of 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 winning for so long when it, when it comes to the playoffs that like most of canada most of if not all of canada will be pulling for Toronto to win the series and to move on and potentially get to cup final. But I think it would just, it would be so Toronto esque if they lost, if they lost to Montreal in like seven games, like, Oh oh my (laughs) God, that would be unreal. (laughs) It's taken way too long for these two teams to meet in this type of playoff series too. I I know. I seriously cannot wait to watch every second of this series. If I can. And the, and the best the best part is is that you know Toronto's they're not the most physical team they're a very very skilled team and Montreal's not going to give a shit they're going to hit they already they already do that in the in the playoffs anyway but Montreal is going to hit every single player on that team every guy that moves in every single corner Step and the only thing that sucks is I don't think either team is allowed to have fans yet. So no, no, none of Canada is right now. Yeah, Yeah. Canada is still very shut down. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last matchup that we are aware of as of this recording on Wednesday, May twelfth. You have Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, Edmonton finished the season with seventy points. Winnipeg was sixty-one. Uh, Edmonton with a plus 31 goal differential as opposed to Winnipeg's plus 14. Winnipeg has been brutal at home. They're only 12, 13, and 2. A uh, little bit better on the road at 17, 10, and 1. But 2 and 8, 2, 8, and 0 in their last 10 games. Not very good. While well, Edmonton 16 and 11 at home, 18, 7, and 2 on the road. Obviously, they have the best player in the league in Connor McDavid and probably the second best player in the league in Leon Joyce their goaltending has been a little bit better. Um, Sonic, we'll start with you here since you love the Oilers so much. Who do yeah. you have in this series? I have Edmonton Oilers uh, for six. I as uh, yeah, I say six. I don't know. I kind of I want I want to see that team advance just for Connor McDavid's sake and Drysaddle. The team up there is just outstanding, so I kind of want them to advance. Well, I'm also going to say that I think Montreal wins in five games. This is the other series that I was... Edmonton? 
Edmonton, you mean? You said Montreal. Oh, I did. Sorry about that. I don't know. My (laughs) stupid-ass brain. My stupid-ass brain doing stupid-ass thing. The the Winnipeg (laughs) Jets, uh, if they get Nikolai Ehlers back, I think could have a chance to maybe shut down a little bit, shut down the top scoring lines of Edmonton. But I have to say Edmonton wins this series in five games. It's amazing to me that Winnipeg is is the third place team considering how they just limped into the postseason. Um, I would say don't fully sleep on them. I think that they could give Edmonton a run for their money, but overall, you just have to give Edmonton the edge in almost every category, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the only saving grace for Winnipeg is that they still do have Connor Hellebuck. They still do have Mark Shifley. Like you said, if Ehlers comes back, they have Pierre-Luc Dubois. If he does anything, I think he's just been eh so far. Yeah. Um, but Isn't that your team, Nick? I guess it's, it's, it's my team claimed by you guys. Like I really like, how did we get roped into that? No, 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 no. Like, like going back to when we started this podcast, I said that, like, I said like, Oh my, if I had to choose a favorite team out West, it's probably the jets, but they were also a much better team then. And I don't know. They're not, I don't know. Whatever. I didn't say regard. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. I think you were the yes, first person. <laughs> I don't remember. Rega- I, pu- I played Reg- the fifth. Regardless, <laughs> uh, Winnipeg has stunk pretty much this whole year. I think that they're just kind of in a mess right now, and I don't know if it's Paul Maurice and the coaching staff. I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if it's the buy-in or what, but I think if there's going to be one series that could end in a sweep, it could be this one, and I think Edmonton can do that. And that's what that's my prediction. Edmonton's going to sweep Winnipeg. If Edmonton loses a series, that is so bad for Connor McDavid and for the fucking league. Yeah. Let's let's hope not. That is hockey, baby, though. That's the thing. That is. Yeah. That's the you never know. Sport. Uh let's move ahead to the West Division, even though it is not wrapped up yet. Uh, Cam, as you noted here. Um, Vegas and San Jose are currently playing uh right now and of course, they're not showing the freaking score, but they just showed that Vegas did score. So I'm assuming they're up one nothing. If not, it could be more. One. Um, okay. Uh, Vegas is currently in the number one spot right now, uh, and they can't they can't go any lower than the two seed. So it's just a matter of if Colorado uh, can win their next two games, and they will finish as the top team in the division. Minnesota, Cam, your team this year, your sleeper team. Uh, can get no lower than the number three spot, but could still finish in the number two spot. I'm assuming if uh, obviously Vegas wins and Colorado loses their last two. Uh, so, oh, well, and Minnesota has two games left, both against St. Louis and Colorado has two games left, both against LA. So uh, I guess we can't really give predictions for this series, but I mean, Cam, you can go on a little rant right here about Minnesota and what you've seen out of them. They have been, aside from Florida, have been like probably the funnest team to watch this season. Yeah, absolutely. And they've given every single team they've played a run for their money pretty much every single time they've played. I, I knew going into this year that this team was going to be fun to watch. And I, I was happy to have people laugh in my face because when you take I laugh. Some- I didn't laugh your face. I didn't do that. Wow, I was getting defensive over there. 
Good one. Good one, buddy. I'll give you that. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, now, now I'm all off track. You did a good job throwing me for a loop there, Nick. Now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> you were saying that you knew that they were going to yeah. be a fun team to watch and a good team and give every other team a run for their money. Yeah, I mean, you just... The thing is, is like they've had good players on their team for a number of years. It was just a matter of those players being put in the right systems and actually playing well. I'm not even going to touch on Kaprizov because he is a rookie, but I mean, Kevin Fial is a solid player. Matt Zuccarello, we all remember the player that he was in New York. You put him with some good players and he can wake the hell up and score. And he did 40 points in 49 games. Jordan Greenway, Jordan Greenway, excuse me. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck had a breakout year this year. And then the defensive end, Jared Spurgeon, uh, Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba, Ryan Sutter, who I know is past his prime, but it, they're they're solid all around. I think in my mind, the only question at the end of the day really was uh, the goaltending situation. And Kakinen has stepped up to the plate big time. Yeah, yeah. Finding that goal that goaltending is has always been Minnesota's weakest link. I mean, we saw Cam Talbot at one point; he was very good, and then he just kind of dropped off. And I believe he's in Edmonton now as the number two. <laughs> Behind Mike Smith? Cam uh, Talbot? No, I mean... Uh, I maybe know. not. Okay. No, he's not. And then, no, 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 no. And then before yeah. that, before that, they had Devin Dubnik, who I have believed in my whole life ever since I watched Devin Dubnik play that he is not a good goaltender. So, um, or at least, obviously, good enough to play in the NHL, but he's not going to win you a Stanley Cup. So, yeah, I think... Uh, the goaltending along with just like a mix it's a mixed group there they they have a lot of leaders and veterans and Ryan Suter and Zach Parise and uh, even Marcus Johansson's there and Matt Zuccarello like you said Cam and then they have young young studs like Matt Dumba and Jordan Greenway and um, Kirill Kaprizov who's been unreal this season ever since he came over and started playing in the league and yeah, they got something going here, and I, I'm interested to see how, because I think they said no later than Wednesday. The that division or that is it that division that's going to start. It's no the North that will start oh, no later than Wednesday because of the Vancouver yeah. thing and all that. Okay, so then I would assume that I don't know. I would assume that like a these series get kicked off once they know the, the final seedings that these series will get kicked off. I would assume no later than probably Tuesday, but yeah, it's likely if they're all playing tonight, then well, they all play tonight, tonight and tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tonight and some, yeah. tonight and tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. So I would, okay. So maybe even as early as Sunday, Monday. but Sunday, Sunday, Monday, Monday yeah. but uh, yeah, I mean, Vegas obviously is, they've been one of the top teams all year, right? Right. With Colorado. So, I think can can Minnesota get through either of those teams? I don't know. It's tough to tell. Let's see what the matchups are, and hopefully, hopefully next time we record, we can give you some predictions for that division before uh, before they get kicked off. So, all right. Well, those that's everything we had to talk about going into the playoffs, uh, just based off the division. So let's get to this fire, this coaching firing frenzy. Uh, that has gone on over the last few days. Uh, 
I guess we'll start with the most recent news, which was, was it this morning or last night that David Quinn got fired by the New York Rangers along with the rest of his coaching staff after three seasons, literally one week after. um, They fired the GM and the president. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, James Dolan after he fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. Um, Oh, Cam, I thought you you wrote Chris Drewy. Drewy was like, I I thought you were giving that his last name a nickname or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like Chris Drewy. (laughs) No, I just suck at typing. That's all, Nick. (laughs) So Chris Drewy, obviously, who was promoted to GM, he fires his own... BU alumni brother in David Quinn just uh, three seasons after being the New York Rangers head coach. Uh, Quinn went 96, 87, and 25 uh, with the Rangers, uh, 27, 23, and 6 in this this season, and it seemed like they kind of had something going there, and they just suffered too many injuries and not not enough good goaltending. So, Kim, you wrote it at the bottom. Is Was it a surprise? Uh Let's start with you then, and you tell me. Well, I'm going to say I'm not that surprised about it. It is surprising when you look at it on the surface, yes, because they're three years into this, I guess you could call it rebuild, and they're not even really in the rebuild period anymore. They're, They're farther along than that. I would argue that they might be the best team that didn't make the playoffs, especially when you look at like their goal differential and whatnot. But like having a Rangers fan in my life, uh, in my sister's boyfriend, Alec, uh, and talking to him a lot about the Rangers situation this year, and he shed some light on his own frustrations with David Quinn and mostly being that he doesn't play the younger guys the way that he thinks that he should. Like you have Alexis Lafreniere, who was consistently playing like third line hockey a lot this year and Capo, Capo Caco, whose name I always struggle with. For some reason, it's four syllables, you fucking dummy. But you 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 regularly see those guys get played on lower lines with players who maybe aren't up to the same caliber as them, which maybe reduces their their offensive productivity. So, I mean, having a Rangers fan in my life who has his own frustrations with David Quinn kind of shed some light on that. So I have mixed feelings, but I'm not super surprised by it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised either. I also have a uh, friend who's a New York Rangers fan, and pretty much said the same thing. Baseball, huh? I said, look at us with our inside baseball. I know. Uh, Well, my friend also lives in New York still. So, but um, yeah, they were they were not surprised that this happened either, and they were actually happy about it. So I'm not surprised just from hearing it from her. So, uh, is it a good move? Do you guys think it's a good move? I I think it's interesting. I I look at it in one way as, well, this is Chris Drury coming in and saying, well, now that I'm taking over, I'm cleaning house and I'm going to build this team the way I want it to be built, um, which is what a lot of GMs want to do and a lot of GMs do end up doing. Right. Uh, but the fact that he only lasted three seasons, I was kind of surprised because I felt like, like I said, like this is how I feel on the other the other side of it, is that I felt like they were building something and they do have a lot of young talent in Capo Caca or 
Capacaco, whatever. This, like you said, it's four fucking syllables. Uh, <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere. They have uh, Artemi Panarin. They have two young goaltenders. They have Adam Fox. Uh, you know, they have a slew of young talent, and it's just a matter of probably just getting in the right veterans to mix in with these guys. But, you know, I don't have a friend that's a Rangers fan, so I don't have that insight like you guys do, really. But <laughs> I was kind of surprised. But then again, like I said, at, at the same time, not really, because it's Chris Drury's team now, and he probably wants to build the team the way he wants it to be built. So, yeah. Um, I also look at it, too, as, like, I think there's going to be a decent amount of uh, head coaches that get let go, you know, shortly after the season that could come in and separate in. Hey, maybe, uh, maybe John Tortorella want to run it back, Johnny boy. It's a good team. It's a good team we're playing, and it was a god-awful team that I coached the other night. Hell yeah. Oh, we were waiting for that one. (laughs) That's why... That's why you and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets mutually parted ways, which I think that they actually did. Yeah, I, it seemed it seemed like the time was up. And sorry, we're moving on from David Quinn now. Um, yeah, John Tortorella and the Columbus Blue Jackets they mutually agreed to part ways. Obviously, you know Columbus had a very up and down, or not a very up and down, a more down than up year. Um, but Torts, he finished with the most wins in Columbus Blue Jackets history by a coach. He went 227, 166, and 54, uh, 13 and 18 playoff record, but they did fucking beat uh, Tampa Bay in the first round, which was fucking awesome. And I think John Tortorella is such a a character, character type coach. And obviously he's a hard ass, but I couldn't I couldn't even begin to tell you how many tweets I saw about John Tortorella and the way and the kind of person he is. Like even away from the rink, like I read this one Twitter thread that basically said like, I think John or Torts was having one of like the assistant coach come in like for an interview, like took took the assistant coach and his wife out to dinner and like on their way to dinner saw like a homeless person, gave them some money, and then when they left the restaurant gave his food to the homeless person and was like, all right, I gave you some money. Here's some food. Like go get yourself like a room or something for the night. Like just something along those lines. And then I saw other stories where he is constantly asking, you know, guys on the team, uh, staff trainers, like how everybody's families are and like knows what's going on and always said hi to everybody. So Obviously, like, Torch has been around the league for so long, he, and he has had some success, and he's won a Stanley Cup. Um, I don't think his style of coaching needs to leave the game just yet. Like, I don't, I don't think the, the game is that young where these young guys are going to kind of, like, stray away from the hard assery, like, and just want to get their ass kissed the whole time instead of kicked. And I think John Tortorella finds another job. I think he finds another job just simply based off the fact that, I mean, I think that the, the number of uh, need the, the the need for head coaching in the league could still definitely get bigger going into next season. And I think that he could definitely get the job just based off of the small pool of coaches that you could bring in, in the NHL. It's not like football where you can, if the Patriots fired Bill Belichick today, they could fire any number of college coaches as well as former NFL coaches. It's just not the same thing in hockey. Uh, I think that he gets another job just simply based off of that fact. You think he could be like 
the Kraken's coach. How weird would that be? <laughs> I don't think it would be that weird. Because, I, I mean, the, the Vegas took Gerard Gallant, who's a very intense type coach, but is also like a player's coach, too. Yeah, so, I mean, he could be a candidate for it if that's what he wants after six years with Columbus, but it's a I possibility. I just don't think he's done coaching. Like, And even, yeah, even if he takes, like, some sort of assistant role somewhere and just works on whatever he feels or the other coaches feel is the best part of his game, whether that be offense or defense, he steps in and he does it. Well, okay, now let's uh, move on from Tortson, and we will get to the last firing, which was Rick Tockett uh, from the Arizona Coyotes. They mutually agreed to part ways after four seasons. Obviously, the Coyotes, they had an opportunity to clinch that last spot in the West and never did. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Cam wrote here, uh, held it for much of the season before losing 12 of 15 to miss the playoffs for the seventh time in eight seasons. Uh. Where's that drop? <laughs> <from>? <laughs> um, but Taka did come out and he did say that no matter no matter what, Arizona always has a special place for him in his heart. I believe he played for the Coyotes for a bit too when they came into the league. Uh, loves it there. Loves loves the state. Loves the city of Phoenix and wishes nothing but the best for them and. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm surprised. Uh, surprised. I'm more surprised that Arizona is still a fucking team in this league, given the owner, the problems the owners have no shit. in their in their bankruptcy and all this other shit. But you know, it is what it is. And uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. And yeah, I think I think he could. I think uh, Tockett could definitely be up for a coaching role uh, with the Seattle Kraken completely agree with you I, I think every single coach who was fired within the or fired slashed relieved of their duties mutually whatever the fuck i think all three of them are serious candidates to go to um to, to seattle all for different reasons i i would not be surprised at all if we saw david quinn there for some reason he's the guy who jumps off the page to me maybe it's because he did take a uh, less than good New York team and make them a pretty good New York team in under three seasons. So I think that's why my brain leans to him as Nick starts to run away for a moment here. So Sona gets just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing, we're, no, we're just going. talking shit. It's okay. Just go, go on. Wow. All right. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but continue what you were saying, Cam. <laughs> oh, no. I was just about done. I, that's why I was kind of I was throwing it to you a little bit there. I mean, if you had to pick any of these three coaches, Sonig, to be the coach in Seattle, just because we're on the topic, who would you pick? I mean, it's a tough question, but honestly, as much as I hate torts, I think he would actually benefit from it from working with Seattle. Why but do you say that he would benefit from it? No, like the team would benefit oh, the from team it. Would benefit, okay. Yeah. It's just like his strategies of coaching. And then I don't know how the whole Kraken team is going to be laid out yet. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no one does. So honestly, like I said, I think he would be a great fit, but it's all up in the air now. Who knows? What about you? Oh, sorry. No, no. 
Nick, now that you're back, we're trying to figure out like who would be the best fit for for the Kraken coach of the three that we just talked about. Of the three that we just yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess of the three, I would say probably Tockett, just because he has the most experience besides Torts, and Tockett is more of like a player's coach than where, as we already covered, Torts is is that hard-nosed type of coach that's going to make the team work hard, but. I think with a new team and if you have, you know, some mixed faces, you got some older guys, some some younger guys uh, with experience, I think like Torts could be a good fit there. But I think at the end of the day, I think Tockett is probably the best fit out of those three. Look at that. All three of us gave different answers. We all said one of the other three. Look wow. at that. Wow. So oh, proud yeah. of us. Look at us. <laughs> so proud of us. Couldn't be prouder. <laughs> uh, speak, uh, speaking of the uh, Seattle Kraken, they, I think we mentioned that mentioned uh, last weekend that they are officially part of the NHL. Yep. Um, yes, and sir. with that, they made their very first signing today, signing uh, 21-year-old Luke Henman to a three-year entry-level deal. He currently plays for Blainville Boosbrang Armada of the QMJHL. I definitely botched that fucking thing. <laughs> it's a Quebec team. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying... Oh, my fucking God. These stupid ads, man. I fucking hate ads so fucking much. Um, okay, he is, he is a center, too, so... Uh, Seattle already going out there making some signing uh, some ELCs. I don't know how many they're allowed to have um, on their roster, but um, obviously you can never have too many young guys, and I'm not sure even really who the Kraken's uh, AHL team is going to be. But, hey, their first transaction is completed, so just want to give a little... Yay, it's exciting. Clap, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Let's I see. Know, I, uh, I can't wait to see who else they sign. Yeah, let's see. Let's see who they can kind of lure from free agency once the season's over, and who they take in the and obviously in the expansion draft. But we are, we are, what are we? Like two months away from that? Just about. Yeah. Yeah, just about that. Yeah. You draft swear. is what, like a week and a half after the Stanley Cup final ends, typically. Yeah, something Usually. like that. Yeah. Jeez, time is going by way too fast this year. I know, slow it down. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Carrie Young, we just got a few more notes here before we get to pucking around. Um, obviously, we got to touch on Connor McDavid. He hit 100 points in just 53 games this year, and um, through 42 games, he had 69 points, and he got 31 in the next 11 games. Uh, he's currently riding a seven-game multi-point streak that includes 20 points total. Uh, he's the ninth player uh, to get 100 points in 53 games, and he is just... Uh, I think he, I think he's one of, like, six players to have four 100, 100 or more point seasons before the age of 25. It, this guy just does not stop. Did you guys see his 100th point that assist? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> Stop short on the sidewall, <laughs> cuts in and just feeds. Uh, it was a beautiful goal. Feeds. Uh, I think it was Dominic Cahoon, and it's just like, oh my god, this guy just doesn't stop. And I just hope nothing. I hope he stays 
uninjured for the rest of his career just to see what records he could break. And I, I obviously it stinks that for us more than anybody that he's stuck in Edmonton because we don't get to see him on a regular basis. But my God, his talent level is just through this roof and you can use whatever adjective you want to describe him. But I'm just going to stick with amazing. Beast. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> on point, uh, pace for about 155 points in a typical 82-game season. To do that in today's NHL is just unfrickin' heard of. I think he I, he's at 104 points currently right now as of, I think, that, I think Edmonton, yeah, they beat Montreal earlier 4-3. to three. He recorded his 70 assists in the second period. First player to record 70 assists in 55 games or fewer since Mario Lemieux in 95-96. It's, it's just filthy the way the way that guy operates. It's it, it's so good. It's so good. It's bad. It's and, disgusting. And just to tie this all back to Don Sweeney. What if he traded all three picks for that number one in 2015? Would he ever have been able to do it? Probably not. I'm just throwing it out there because I'm an ass. <laughs> oh, and Jeez. I don't, I can't even think of that. Cause like, I wouldn't, I would, I would suck off Connor McDavid more than Jack Edwards sucks off Kevin Miller if Connor McDavid was a Boston Bruin. <laughs> Mm. Nice. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Whatever. Damn it. I'd be proud of it. <laughs> anyway, speaking of Don Sweeney, uh, could this have been the best move he's ever made? Bring in Taylor Hall, who is fit right in with this Boston Bruins team. So I'm going to sit here and retract. Me everything too. bad everything bad I said about uh about Taylor Hall going into this. Clearly he just did not give a shit in Buffalo and probably didn't care all that much in Arizona. He had one great year in, in New Jersey where he won MVP and then shit just went down in Edmonton where he just didn't fit in once McDavid got there. So this guy has has so much skill as long as he is bought in. It's going to show, and I think he's finally at a at a point in his career where he feels like he fits in 100%ly, if, if that's even a word. And it's not. And is just happy and is playing is playing his game and it's showing and it's revitalized David Krejci and, you know, there's all the whatever. Before we move on to what was what Sweeney and Neely said uh, today during their press conference, just. Sonic, your impressions of Taylor Hall, because obviously you were very adamant saying that the that you did not want the Bruins to go after him. Yeah, and honestly, I I want to retract everything I said too because after watching him, after well, we predicted we wanted to see like after the first game how he would fit into the team, and then honestly, after I don't know how many games he's been with us by now, but he's just gotten better and better every single game. And now I respect him more, and I think he's a perfect fit for our team. So I take back every negative comment I said about him. So <laughs> I like him. I hope he stays. Um, I know he's an unrestricted free agent after the season, and I'm really hoping that we re-sign him. So. Am, did you want to give any thoughts? Yeah. Um, 
I guess that I'll offer a little bit of pushback. I've I've loved his game here in Boston. 14 points in 16 games is absolutely hard to dislike. Uh, it does seem like he has had an attitude shift. And, you know, that's easy to say, given that we haven't heard him a ton. Like, it's not like he's been super outspoken as a player. And if he is, I just haven't been paying attention, clearly. But um, he's been very good. Like you said, Nick, revitalized the second line. It's great to see Krejci have uh, an, a true score alongside him to to give the Bruins a proper second line for the first time in in forever it's just so so fun to watch the pushback I will offer is that I still don't necessarily trust him in the long term we don't know what this Bruins team is going to look like three four years down the road and if he say let's just say hypothetically signs a seven eight year deal with Boston how is the second half of that deal going to work out? I'm just speaking hypothetically, Nick. I, I see your your facial reaction there. But I'm not putting it past Don Sweeney to make such a move. So, I, That long term, I don't think so. I don't think Taylor Hall wants to potentially lock himself up in a situation or in an organization that could two, three years down the road be in their own rebuild stage in the Bruins. So I don't think he would do that, but I could see him signing a, a three, two to four, year. two to yeah. four year deal. Um, it's just a matter of money, but I just wanted to read the quotes that, uh, that, uh, Cam Neely said today, uh, to, to do as far as Taylor goes, we're going to continue to see how things go with the playoffs here. I think we'd like to try and get something done, but that remains to be seen, but that, that's our hope. Um, uh, we're always evaluating, especially players that are in the last year of their deal or going into the last year of their deal. Krejci certainly has elevated his game. There's no question. There's no surprise that adding Taylor Hall to his wing certainly gave him some life. Those two have meshed extremely well together, but we'll continue to evaluate as the playoffs go along and then reassess once the season's over. And just to add, uh, Krejci, um, who said that he's not planning to retire after the season, uh, he scored 44 points, uh, eight goals, 36 assists in 51 games, including 21 points, which were which is good for six goals and 15 assists in the 16 games since Hall uh, has came here. So, um, as far as money is concerned, with Taylor Hall, like I think I said this last week, Cam. If I if I did, I'm sorry, but. He's not getting paid $8 million a year next year. No. He's, he's just not going to get that. And I, I look at a contract like Charlie Coyle, who I think is making just under $5.5 million. He's better than Coyle, so he's going to get more than him. But he's not, yeah. better, he's not better than Brad Marchand. He's not better than Patrice Bergeron. Or, and I don't, think, I don't think they would pay, you know, Bergeron or pay anybody more than Bergeron unless it's McAvoy and him and Pasta are probably on the same level. So if he's going to resign here, I'd say he signed, he'll have to sign for six, six and a half tops. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's get, like I said, let's get to that once the season's over then we can start evaluating all, all those off season moves, but it was good to, good to hear that Neely and Sweeney did recognize that, Taylor Hall has made a big difference here, and it obviously shows. So, without further ado, let's get to everybody's favorite segment in the whole entire world, Pucking Around. Quit Pucking Around. Oh, fuck you. No, hey, fuck you. Fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Guys, 
Stop pucking around. Sorry, right, Sonic, quit pucking around and lying to us. So you're going to work instead of a Bruins game. Yeah, Joke. you know what? We'll puck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Um, do we all have questions? Oh, we yes, do. Yes, sir. All right. Well, since Sonic missed last week, you can go last, bitch. Fine, <laughs> dick. <laughs> so, Cam, I guess you're first. Cam, <laughs> yeah, you can go first. God, you guys are so cute when you bicker. Anyway, uh -huh. <laughs> my question is, with uh, the comments that Jack Eichel made yesterday regarding his future, essentially alluding to his future with or without the Buffalo Sabres, if the Buffalo Sabres are to move on from Jack Eichel this offseason, uh, let me rephrase, are they going to move on from him this offseason? And if so, where does he go? I think it's interesting that you bring that up, and I wish that we brought that up before we got to Bucking Around, but it's all good. The GM did come out and say that, um, you know, we're going to build this organization around players that want to be here and that show that they want to be here. And I know Eichel hadn't talked with the team for like several weeks, I believe it was. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think that Eichel takes pride in being the captain of a, of a professional hockey team, and I don't think he goes anywhere. But yeah. to play the game, if he were to, I could see him going to, you know, the Rangers. Uh, maybe he wants to go play with USA teammate Dylan Larkin. But then he's not going to be a captain. And he's not going to be a captain in New York, I don't think, either. So, I don't know. I, I honestly don't think he moves. And I think if Buffalo moves him... Jeez, and that's just like a big middle finger to your fans. Yeah, I think he'll stay with Buffalo. And honestly, I don't, I don't know what team he would go. F like you said, Nick, like as a captain, I don't think he would fit into anywhere else. But I see him at Buffalo, though. What do you think, Cam? Minnesota Wild, baby, let's go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they even have the cap room for that. Uh, I think if they move some things around, they could. I don't think that they're not like in the worst cap pos uh, position ever like they were just a couple of years ago where it was a serious debacle. It's nowhere near as bad as it was. Uh, I think if you move a few pieces around, it could be possible. And maybe it's wishful thinking just because it gets him out of the Eastern Conference and and away from the Bruins and the Capitals and all that jazz. Plus, I think it would be fun to watch him play with a a pretty good offensive core there with Kaprizov and some of the younger guys like Greenway, Erickson Ack, you know, I think it'd be fun. Dave, when you said like, um, did you just mention like getting your hopes up or whatever? I just said it was wishful thinking. Wishful thinking? I thought you were going to go with the Bruins and like, <laughs> hey, they got all this cap space this, this summer and in the following, uh, you know, they could probably swindle a trade or two. Yeah, dude, send them to Brusque and Rask and they, they'll take the deal <laughs> to get Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> but part of me does wonder if Eichel would want to play here just because he's from Chelmsford and played at BU. I was going to say, yeah, played at BU. So, I mean, it's not like he's unfamiliar with the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's boys with McAvoy and, and uh, Charlie Coyle and uh, <laughs> Maddie Grizzlick. You know, you know, he's from Charlestown. My cousin was in a dorm room just down the hall from him. I swear yeah, I got... He said he heard a lot of weird noises. I heard it at a party. He's coming back to Beantown. 
And this is why I left Boston for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to go hang out with the fucking twinks up there. Okay. Granola, granola. All right, anyway. Good question, Cam. Um, Thank you. So my question is non-hockey related because it seems like, well, at least we have more fun with it than... And hopefully our listeners enjoy it a little bit more. So my question is, if somebody could narrate your life for 24 hours, uh, for 24-7, who would it be? Jesus. Um, I think that I'm the only one who will get this reference. I don't know. But I would want Tom Hardy playing Alfie Solomons from Peaky Blinders because it would be fucking <laughs> yes. hysterical. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it would be fucking hysterical. That thick, extremely hard to understand Cockney accent, uh, just swearing every other word. I think it would be absolutely hilarious. He's so funny in that show. Tough one. I I would I don't know if you guys know who Chris Pine is. Oh, of course, yeah. I I think he would he's very like soft and like well-spoken i just feel like he would like totally mess up my entire life (laughs) where's he from um oh god he's been in well what was uh what was that one with um tom hardy the one that he was in with tom hardy and uh damn it i can't think of the name of it (laughs) and i don't know (laughs) princess well he was in princess diaries he's been in a, a weird show on netflix a crime show Anyway, just look him up. I can't. I can't even think of the name. Is no, it's Reese no. Withers, Reese Witherspoon, Tom Hardy, and Chris Pine. It was like a weird. Okay, I'll find out later. Was it a show? Was it a movie? It's a movie. It's a movie. Uh, I'm not and they good like, with like movies. Oh, they. I thought Cam, you would know because you're a huge Tom Hardy fan. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Tom Hardy fan, but. Uh. Well, this is going to bug me. So while you guys think, I'm going to find out. Okay, go for it. Mine would be Morgan Freeman, the most elegant voice to grace this earth. That or David Attenborough. Oh, David Attenborough. Such a good one. Like Morgan Freeman's such a, like, I hate to to kind of shit on your answer. It's kind of a basic one. Like a lot of people would I know. say Morgan Freeman. I know. But David Attenborough is so at least here in america not a lot of people would think of him right away but he's like maybe the greatest answer that you could give so you shit on me and compliment my answer at the same time thank you cam yeah absolutely i'll kick you in the nuts and then compliment your outfit you know it's just because we're good buddies that's all (laughs) (laughs) what sonic what chris pine wonder woman star trek uh robot chicken if you know that um I mean, Break I know all these things, I just don't really watch them. You're 0 for oh. 3 on these movies. How could I you not seen know Chris Pine is? You'd probably and recognize I'll just his freaking, face, Nick. I'll just look him up. Jesus Christ. Look him up. Anyway, I think he'd be a good narrator. Oh, I'm trying to find that other movie, but uh, whatever. That eh, doesn't matter. Oh, this dink. What <laughs> <laughs> this dink? Come on now. <laughs> he is a dink. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Eh. Is my life. <laughs> anyway, okay, that was a good question, though. I liked it. Yeah, you can thank Allie for that. <laughs> oh, it's two weeks in a row. That's two in a row. <laughs> two weeks in a row. Jeez. 
All right, I'm running so out I, of ideas, you know? That's all right. My question is, if you could watch any sporting event anywhere in the world, where would you go? Champions League final May 29th and wherever they decide to hold at Chelsea versus Manchester City. Let's go, Blues. Oh, my God. That was the fastest answer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> what, I fell asleep. <laughs> what I wouldn't give to go to that fucking game in two weeks, man. I have to go to a wedding the same day and no disrespect because they're family, but I would so rather watch that game. Uh, it's just so important to me that they win that fucking game. Game's going to be hammered at your wedding if you're listening to this. If they win or lose, yes, I will be hammered in one way. One way. Regardless, or the other. he'll be hammered. <laughs> I should be able to watch the game before the wedding. I'm not actually gonna miss the wedding, but are still. you gonna be like the guy like sitting in the back like watching the game on your phone? You're like, <laughs> I would be. Are you will kidding be. me? <laughs> and it's gonna be like when like uh, the priest is like, does anybody object this marriage? And like Chelsea's gonna score, and Cam's gonna be like. <laughs> like yes, yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god that would be hilarious <laughs> oh man but yeah that's my answer come on you blues any sporting event like in the like i can watch it anywhere in the world yeah like any any event you want it doesn't have to be like current like right now i've never been to a super bowl but oh football just pisses me off I don't know. I would have loved to have been in St. Louis 2004 when the Sox won the World Series. But I was also pretty young for that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, or 2011 being in Vancouver. Watch the Bees win the Stanley Cup. But, like, that's just, like, such, like, an easy ant. Like, obviously, I'm going to say that. Okay. All right, you go. Uh, Mine would be, I would love to go to Tokyo Olympics or any Olympic games would be ideal. But I've also, for some reason, really wanted to go to Monaco to watch the Formula One race. I've heard, so, I've heard so many great things about that track, about that place, that that would be like my ultimate place to go. Yeah, I heard that's a time and a half. Yeah. I guess I'd like to go to the Masters. Oh. Cam rolls his eyes. <laughs> I thought Cam just died in his chair. His eyes rolled so far back. Well, but I mean, that's you fell I asleep during soccer. my answer. I yes. had a stroke during yours. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like a premier boxing event, like somewhere. That'd be pretty cool. I'm not big into like MMA. Are you guys into MMA? I'll no. watch it. I have no idea who any of the people are, but I will watch it. Yeah, I feel like being there would be like way more entertaining than yeah. watching it on TV, but yeah, I don't, I don't really know Sonic. Like, I, like obviously I'd love to be at like all the championship games. Like I gave a couple answers, so I guess that works. Well, uh, before we go, I do want to cycle back to my question from last week. Sonic, yeah. What is, in your opinion, the best episode of television you have ever seen? In television? Yeah. God, this is what I asked last week. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I know your answer, and I've never seen it. So, uh, sorry, I know. Still haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Best episode? That's a tough one. I mean, I'm a huge Supernatural fan. 
But that's 15 seasons, so I don't even know if I can pinpoint one specific episode. I can't imagine sticking with anything for 15 seasons. Holy shit. Oh, it's the best. Honestly, there was an episode that was really funny where they, like, did pranks on each other. I think that would be one of my favorite episodes. There was one that's called, like, The Nutcracker. You know those, like, Japanese shows? With, I think you yeah. guys talked about it, like, with the balls and, like, falling into the water and all that stuff. Yeah, Wipeout. Yeah, yeah. Um, supernatural. <laughs> Nick was wipeout. so lost for a second. <laughs> you know, the Japanese Sorry. show with the balls in the water? <laughs> like, Japanese show? Oh. But anyway, there's, there's an episode where they kind of, like, prank each other, and I think that was the best one. But again, 15 season, you can't break it down to one episode. So there's my answer. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, I'll have to get <laughs> Ethan's qu- uh, answer in six weeks. Yeah. Unless he Seriously. wants to, to write it to us and then we can read it on the show. Yeah, it's time to send it in an audio clip. I saw him log on the PlayStation earlier. Oh, it could be one of now. his roommates, too. You never know. Uh, he's not on. Let's see when he was last on. You thought we had another piece of incriminating evidence against a uh, cast member here? God, it's just turning into dog-eat-dog <laughs> dog on the show, and I'm living for it. I know, everyone's Wait, hating when, on each other. When, what shift did he say he had to work now? Well, he has a class from, like, yeah, 5 to 11 or whatever it is. Said he was on an hour ago. Like a, Put a bit. Oh, uh, uh, Ethan. <laughs> uh, Ethan, I'll come to bat for you. It might have been a roommate. You no, know? he just didn't want to come on the podcast. <laughs> he knows the Lightning are going to fucking lose to Florida. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. I got me some Mexican water. <laughs> that we do. And on that note. <laughs> well, and on that note, I think that just about does it for this episode of the Third Line Grinders podcast. We will catch you next week, everybody. Enjoy whatever games other than the Bruins and the Capitals on Saturday start this weekend. Playoff hockey is here. It's the best time of the year because it starts to get warm out. Sun is out a little later. You can go to the beach if you want and then watch hockey later at night. And I just cannot wait for Saturday he's night. In a, he's in dreamland. Oh, I, can't I was wait. about to ask how much he's had to drink. He was practically <laughs> dancing for us. I've had two seltzers. Okay. I mean, I don't know what's, what else is going in those bottles. So I'm just saying. Nothing. Trust me. I would admit it if there was something. Yeah, I believe you. Okay. <laughs> Well, let's go Bruins Saturday. Yep, go Bees. (laughs) Fuck the Cavs. Hope Tom Wilson dies. Okay, love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Bye.